1: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
2: You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Hello and welcome to an exclusive Lucha Central Weekly Podcast interview. This is Miranda Morales being joined by Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr, the trio that brings you all of your Lucha Libre news every week on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, English edition. And it is our honor and pleasure to welcome a man who is a staple of West Coast wrestling and Lucha Libre, he is the owner of Pro Wrestling Revolution, the Promotion and Training Academy, as well as the man behind Lucha-Masks.com. Please welcome back to the show, Gabriel Ramirez. Gabe, how's it going?
3: Oh my God, what an intro. Thank you. I'm going to have to, like, steal that clip and use it for my ringtone. Thank you so much. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Anytime. Anytime. Uh, as I mentioned, welcome back. You were actually the first person we had interviewed when we started our show last year. Um, so it's you know poetic justice really that we bring you back around a little over a year later um really we spoke with you right when the global pandemic was hitting right. uh so to start off with we just kind of want to know what's been happening with you for the past year um with with you and also pro wrestling revolution
3: well uh, i mean it's you know it's almost like we're beating a dead horse but with the pandemic um everything stopped for everyone right and for me um the only uh, thing I could find any kind of sainthood in was the the lucha mask uh, website with all the masks that we were producing. It allowed me to live wrestling or lucha libre without having the events, um, which was which was very cool. You know that I w- it's almost like a promoter reaching out to talent and said, "Hey, you know, I got these masks and they're cool. and They can make money and we we'll split." and it was almost like doing a show and getting talent booked and so on. But in this case, for com, I had about 50 wrestlers at one time, and it was great. Um, obviously, I still have this site up. I don't know if I'll take this site down ever, because it's a reminder of, of you know what we went through and, and something I want to share with my kids as, t- as time gets further away from this. You know, knock on wood, right? Um, but it was. It was scary. It still is a bit more, but I think we're much closer to the finish line than we are than we were when we first all got shut down and didn't know what was going on, right? Um yeah. but you know, if it wasn't for lucha com, I don't know what I would have done. Um my mind, you know, my uh, mental health, I don't know what would have happened. You know, uh having everything pulled underneath from you in a matter of seconds and not knowing, you know, what's next. It's very hard to wrap your head around, of, and especially when I've been doing this um, since 1996. It's almost 25 years of doing this on a daily basis. Just getting ripped away from you it is something that's very, very hard to deal with.
4: Yeah. So I, I, we already touched on. It, so I'm just going to jump right in. Um, we are winding down in theory, and Lucha Desk Master may have come, been born out of this, but um, Dusty and I. In particular, and other people we're friends with have large collections of your masks. We view your masks as very accessible collectors' items. Uh, do you see a future for Lucha Dash masks, doing more collectible merchandise going moving forward?
3: I'm trying to, you know, the the problem is though is I, I run the academy, you know, so I have thirty five plus students running at one time, so I have to maintain trainers and students and schedules and potential new students and leads but then I'm also doing events. So then I got to deal with events, insurances, yeah. talent, you know, artwork and so on. So I I got to focus on one thing, you know, what I mean, and I I loved my my dip in the pool with merchandising. I applaud Kevin Kleinrock for doing what he does, yeah. but I don't envy him because it's a lot of work um and dealing with two three egos for one show is one thing. Dealing with fifty egos at one time is well, enough.
2: That's, that's what they yeah. don't tell you about going into merchandising. I'm sure, or else that may have changed your your mind going into it. But that's such a, a good point about it's, it's a very different structure from going to live events, a promotion, even an academy, to doing merchandising.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we I don't know if you guys have seen them, but I am doing the little uh, lucha minis. little little pops and I'm I'm trying to get those out more. I got the, uh, the Penta, the Joker style ones coming out pretty soon. And I got the Phoenix ones coming with, I still have some Wagner, but those are handmade. And so I can't get those out as fast as the masks, but I'm still going to get those out just because they're cool and there's a need for them and people enjoy them. I still have masks left on the site. I am just not producing any new ones. Uh if we ever sell off the inventory and they go, hey, I want these because I want to collect or so on. Because I do get hit up once in a while. I was like, oh, my God, I'm missing these two masks from my collection. I have all but these two. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't ask for two to be made. I have to go home and make a whole set. And then I got to contact the rustler and go, hey, I'm going to sell two more. You know, what's the cut on that? You know what I mean? <laughs> but eventually, you know, I, I, I may do it just because. I feel like I owe that to the people who did support this um, during that time frame. Um, there's some people uh, that have sent me images. I have a, a gentleman who owns every single mask that I ever made, and he has more than I do because some of them I don't even have copies of myself. And I'm like, oh, uh, I'll buy that one <laughs> off you because I don't have it. I don't have that one. So it's very cool to see people like uh, take to it the way we um, they did. I mean it started off with uh, – Ultimo Dragon be the first person that said, yeah, go for it. No problem. And, and Ultimo is obviously very well followed and very versed, and everyone knows who he is. But when we got, when we signed Penta and Phoenix on, that is when, you know, it, it, it was incredible. Um, I, I've said this all the time to people who listen, but I forgot which release it was. But for Penta, we sold 180 face covers in two hours.
1: Wow.
4: You that know. was the one I didn't get. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the I one that's
2: missing from his that's collection. That's in third collection, right?
3: You know, so if you imagine 180 for Phoenix, I'm sorry for Penta, and then like 100 mm-hmm. for Phoenix and so on, and then the other ones, it completely snowballed. You know, we were doing it was to a point where it was my wife, my daughter, and I, and we were shipping, receiving uh, designers. You know, uh, go to DHL, pick them up, and this is our, during a pandemic. Well. Where you can't be close to nobody. And then the guy, you know, and then DHL would say, I'll be there today, but today meant 1159 before midnight. And then I will lose a whole day for shipping. So I started having to drive to DHL and get temperature checked and a face cover and only one person at a time and then get in the line. So it completely took over, you know, our lives, which again, if it wasn't for that, I don't know what we would have done. You can only binge watch Netflix for so long before you're like, what? what else? I mean, I even watch a telenovela uh, on Netflix. I, I watch I El Dragon on Netflix. And oh. That thing has like two million episodes per season, right? And I watch every single one and it ended and I was so empty. I was like, now what am I going to do? Like, what's next? You know, so that's how bad it got with, with you know, TV, you know, binging and stuff. But yeah, it was, it was incredible. I got to know my... uh my local, uh, mail, et cetera, uh, shipping place very well. Cause you were walking in with three, 400 packages. I think at one point we were doing 500, uh, orders a week, nice. you know, so can you imagine all those, yeah. all those <laughs> packages walking into your local mail shop and they're like, Oh, Hey,
4: uh,
3: how are you? Cause,
4: cause <laughs> they're understaffed too. Right. Yeah.
3: You do this. There's other places you can go to, right? <laughs> you know what I mean. But uh, it was it was a blessing in disguise. I got you know um, I got to educate myself into uh, other parts of, of wrestling the business. Um, uh, the one more, the one thing that people don't understand is licensing as far as not bootlegging stuff, which is something that I wouldn't I did not want to do. My envision was if I'm going to do this and I'm going to use your face, your mask, and I want you to promote it. That I'm going to put money into your pocket. So not only was I making money off it, but I was also paying the talent for their work. And they weren't wrestling either. They didn't have any shows. They weren't going anywhere. They had nothing, to, you know, to generate money, uh, to, to feed themselves, family, or fend for anything. So a lot of them were trying to open their own little, you know, taco stands and, and you know, uh, you know, crepes and you name it, right? You know, and so for me, if, if I could help them out, then, I think it was only good karma in the long run that now they would turn the corner I'm doing events. When I call them to do a show, can you imagine me calling L.A. Park? You know, hey, brother, I got a show for you. And then he'll go, well, yeah, are you going to pay me for all those masks you sold that you didn't give me any money on? Or it's like, of course, you know, thank you for that friendship. Thank you. Whatever you need. Let's do it. So for me, you know, I had to remember and keep focused that. I couldn't be greedy. It was the worst time ever to be greedy. You had to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And as a promoter, I had a main focus that when this finally turned over, I am a live event promoter. This is what I do, and I wanted to make sure that I was on good standing with everyone I worked
4: with. Uh, That's great. Go You ahead. mentioned kind of negotiating with the… Performers, and I, I wondered, you know, uh, Pro Wrestling Revolution had a really rare singles match from Eel Del Santo when he faced Ultimo Dragon. Like, yes. how do you talk to someone, like, Eel Del Santo's primarily known for his trio's work now. I mean, he never really wrestles singles matches, but he wrestled one for you guys. Like, I mean.
3: A lot I, of wine.
4: Yeah, how how do you do that? Yeah, wine. A lot of wine. <laughs> a lot of wine. A lot of wine.
3: And then when you think you're done, more wine.
2: I'm writing this down. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, okay, yes.
3: Pinot Noir, trust me. Pinot Noir, you'll be genius, genius. Pinot you know, the wine. thing um It it goes back to having solid friendships, you know, um, being upfront with somebody, uh, being able to tell somebody, yeah, I can't pay you that because I can't afford it. Thank you for your offer, thank you for the opportunity, or yes, I'm going to pay you that. And whether I draw one person or a million, coming through with that money, paying them, being upfront, just Mm -hmm. not not living up to the uh, to the stereotype that. Quote, unquote, promoters have, at least on the independent world, that were nothing but, you know, TV, sitcom, used car salesmen. you know what I mean? And that's the last thing I ever want to be, you know what I mean? So I, I've i had a friendship um, with Hijo del Santo. I don't know if you guys know or not, but Hijo del Santo and Blue Demon Jr. were my tag champions, you know, and that's that's unheard of. You know that will never happen again and trust me when I tell you <laughs> that will never happen again for any other promotion in the world trust
1: <laughs> me, it'll never happen again. You know i mean
3: but I, um i was able to you know i've had a great friendship with blue demon over the years blue demon junior um at one point he was a silent partner in pro wrestling revolution um i was celebrating a a 5 year at the time you know uh in business, which I thought I'd never get to, and I was talking to him. I said, "Hey man, I, I want to do something cool for our five year. Any ideas?" And he goes, "Well, bring me Code I'm like, "Yeah, good luck." He goes, "I'll take care of it." And this is a time where they actually had a uh, a speaking relationship, and it happened. And I was like, "Really?" I was like, and then they then I picked him up, and I'm like, "Oh my god, it's really gonna happen." and they went over for the tag titles and before i, I could defend it that's when he called santo uh, hurt his neck um i believe i don't know where it was but i think it was la park gave him a martinette and something happened to his neck and then santo was out for a good while and i never got able to defend the titles <laughs> so but you know i have my little niche in lucha history by having them as uh as tag champions but i maintained an open relationship with him in his office i've always had that friendship with blue demon but i have a really strong if anything brotherhood friendship with ultimo dragon um we met uh i booked him for a show during our king of indies where wwn had come out to the bay area and uh i i met him for the first time we spoke we got along great and we've always maintained a friendship speak you know consistently talking on whatsapp whether he's in japan or mexico or or cuba and and then one time we were talking, and he uh, was at Hijo de Santos' house. And they're really good friends as well. And they had just finished doing a, uh, a sh- some shows in Japan. I think it was for Lucha Fiesta, I believe, um, at Corican Hall. And uh, they were both on the phone. And he wanted to say hi, and we're talking. And, and then we ended up just you know leaving it open. We'll talk soon, whatever. And so when I was at uh, Dragomania... Um, at Arena Mexico for Ultimo uh, the following day it's infamous that he has his you know great next day party and we were there and and you know Hijo del Santo was there and you know wine and more wine and more <laughs> wine and before I I left it we had an agreement that he'd come out and and they wanted to wrestle with each other it, it, it I don't know if it ever had happened. They've tagged and they've been across, but they've never wrestled singles. And I said, hey, if you guys are into it, why would I say no to it? And they were into it. And it happened. And, you know, I've been very grateful and very fortunate. You know, I. it may look like I'm this big time promoter that made it happen, but it kind of fell into my lap because there's just the friends that I have. And I'm not embarrassed to say it. I'm, I'd rather be lucky than, than good sometimes, you know, and. Very fortunate to have that match and you know have those them as tag champions, but I think that all comes back to the respect that I've earned in our industry uh, for just being who, being upfront, being honest, which is almost unheard of nowadays, right? And that's why when I get people talking bad about promoters, there's a lot of us out there that are not like that. That we are upfront and we tell you the truth, and and I wish you know people would understand that is you know we're not all uh, that used car salesman on three's company
0: that you're used to.
1: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at Current Tech.
4: Yeah, I can absolutely back you up on that. I have I have worked with a number of promoters in various ways, and uh, I've never gotten that vibe. I, I was very nervous and dubious working with people that I didn't know because of that reputation. Right. But, um, Just to support your statement, this is not – this is absolutely just a a, a reputation. There are a number of good people like yourself out there that are uh, working on reputation rather than – a good reputation rather than – quick well, profit
2: and it's all cyclical like you just talked about with the relationships that you had in building your inventory and partnerships in lucha dash masks and the fact that it was important for you to share those proceeds with yes. the luchadors that you were working with it's you know of course a good cal- uh, karma but it's also just a, a good business practice and that isn't something that's built overnight it's a reflection of your business acumen, but also how you value uh, your relationships and partnerships right. um, in and outside of the ring. So, you know, I, I'm sure it wasn't an, an epiphany. Uh, I think it was something that seems very deeply rooted and it flows within all of the lanes that you cover in merchandising and promotion and, of course, in, in the trading academy.
3: No, absolutely. Even when I first approached Hijo del Santo and their staff about doing uh, official face covers for them. And you know they wanted to know the breakdowns and so on. I was like, oh, cool. This is what it. Is It's very cut and dry. Everyone gets this. And Oh, great. Let's do it. But I needed to sew on their official label on all my face covers because they wanted to make sure – that it was an official product mm-hmm. so then that that adds a little bit more work and so on but that's why every time i i, I posted something on instagram anywhere i posted the mass i always said a hundred percent licensed you know what i mean uh, <laughs> uh, approved you know there was no bootlegs and and there was tons of bootlegs you know uh, i i read an article somewhere there was like close to like i don't know almost four million dollars around there um, off Etsy alone of uh, bootleg Lucha Libre face covers, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and that's a lot of money yeah. that got taken home. And yeah. more power to you whoever did it, you know. I, you have to survive. I understand that, but wouldn't it have been nice for the talent who who created the identity yeah. Yeah. for you to make money off that they broke something off to them? It, it, I thought it was only fair, you know what I mean. But Absolutely. you know, for me, you know, I had the official tag for Hijo del Santo. I had the same thing for. Uh, uh, the Dr. Wagner Dynasty, I had to have there also. Um, if you guys picked one up, that yeah. came with an official as well. So everything I did was official, even with Kane Velasquez. You know, with, with Kane was something very cool as well that we did the, the face cover for Kane, but everything, including my part, was donated to Second uh, Harvest Valley here in, in the Bay Area. And I think we ended up donating, oh, God. It, it ended something- up being like, yeah, I was like, Forty-eight thousand meals, because the day we donated the money, somebody was matching you. Ended up being three times the amount, so ended up being like six thousand dollars from what we did. Ended up being like forty-eight thousand meals, and you know that's the stuff that I'm not, I wasn't doing it to like say, hey, look me, look at me, look at me. I was doing it because it was needed, yep. and it was absolutely needed. You know, I did stuff that I didn't, you know, go share online because I wanted, you know, that self-gratitude. But there was stuff here in Gilroy. Um, Where I live in San Jose, we're nearby sitting in Gilroy, there was fires and stuff and there was Mm. partners that I've worked with who own pizza partners and so on who couldn't – who were trying to go feed firemen with pizzas and they were asking for help. Well, I'd call her and I said, here, Kami, here's X amount of money. Go buy pizzas. And she's like, are you sure? I was like, well, maybe today I'm able to pay for this. Maybe tomorrow someone can help me. You know, I mean I, I, I needed to keep that mentality during this pandemic. I had to keep the idea that I was so oh my get emotional. I was so afraid that it was gonna happen to me. And I wanted to make sure that if I needed the help, someone would come back and help me when I needed it. And yeah. so I just did my best, you know, and and knock on wood, you know, we're still here. You know, I did have some issues with, you know, family wise. I lost my grandfather to, to COVID. Um, he was diagnosed on a Saturday and Sunday, he a, a week later, the following Sunday, he died. You know what I mean? So to me, I took it serious and uh, I was able to filter the negativity of what was around me. And I just put my head forward on like, you know what, let's sell merch. Let's live vicariously with these masks like we were doing events and promotions and videos and And we do what we did, and now I went I went from like five hundred a week to like five a month because nobody buys them anymore because you know we're we're turning the corner, and I'm okay with that. I'm that that just means that we're
4: going back to normal. There are still a bunch of them up for sale on the website. I do check regularly. They are
1: all for you <laughs> in the taking.
3: Those are all yours. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm,
4: just, I'm, I'm throwing that out there to other people, too, because as I mentioned, there are other collectors. So uh, knowing that they're, he's, you're probably not going to restock, This is no. you no, should, you should scoop, scoop them up.
3: Yeah, especially the the Lucha Brothers ones, Um, uh, a lot of things have changed in their structure as far as licensing goes. So people do want those. I can, without going too deep into detail, you might want to pick them up because I probably won't be making them and they have no interest in making them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, pick them up.
2: Well, you know, you were mentioning that we're you know, changing changing lanes. The world's changing. We're coming out of the other side of, of the pandemic. One thing we talk about a lot on the show, we start off every week, is the road back to shows, kind of highlighting uh, promotions' journeys uh, to getting back to live shows. So yes. we were wondering, what what is that journey like for Pro Wrestling Revolution and yourself getting back to live shows?
3: It's nerve wracking. It's nervous because you know. When I had the the face covers, everybody in the world needed them. Not everybody in the world needs lucha libre shows, so it's a different uh, it's a different outlook. But for me, it's very exciting. It's uh, you know, it's you know how they say you ride it back and you don't forget how to ride the bike. Well, I haven't forgotten how to ride the bike, but I'm still getting on that bike. Going, man, here we go,
1: <laughs> here we go.
3: You know, for example, uh, uh um, you see. Thursday, uh, July 15th, that's our first show back from, I think, what, 16, 17 months. My last show was February 2020. Um, that's when we had Psycho Clown and Tejano, and, you know, uh, it was just a great show, sold out. We had these huge plans of the building. I think the building at the point in time, we had 15 plus, and we were going to open the other side of the gymnasium to add up another 600, and had that sold. We were gonna go to the a bigger building because we were on this huge, you know, I, 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 you know, knock on wood, but we we averaged 700 minimal to you know close to 2,000 every show. Wow. But not, it's not that I'm you know lucky now because a lot of promoters try to bring the same talent in, but it's marketing and you have to market, you have to do it correctly, you have to know your target audience. And we were we were on the roll, man. After the show, uh, had spoken to um, a, a larger sponsor who wanted to you know to bring in more people. It was it was just great. And then when that got pulled away, it's like oh. But now uh, I got our first call for July seventeenth. You know, it's your first show. It's, um, we're doing it with uh, Gordon Biersch. Um, uh, I don't know how many of you guys drink Gordon Biersch uh, <laughs> beer out where you're from, but here it's a it's you know it's it's huge. Um, and they have a new logger called Don Gordo. So it's a heavy set guy with a gordo, you know, he's mm-hmm. a gordito on the beer. Yeah. And we have a luchador dressed as Don Gordo who wrestles on these events. Naturally. You know, it, right. You know, why wouldn't we, <laughs> right? Marketing. And, Absolutely. You know, marketing, right? And so now, you know, we have the, uh, with the contacts with the person who is making my face covers is now also making my gear for my guys. So he made the Don Gordo gear and I had a belt made and we have, a custom canvas and aprons and it's branding branding marketing marketing yes. marketing and so they gave us three shows and then my friendship and partnerships that I've had prior to the pandemic started coming back up and then the city of San Jose that does a lot of community work with the families they're trying to get people they were trying to do it prior to the pandemic and now even more with the pandemic you know turning the corner is getting people out of their homes and going to a park you know yes. what I mean and putting a phone down and a laptop or tablet, or what have you. And so they do stuff like music in the park and, you know, live bands and, and, you know, or they, sometimes they have things where they have like those vincolines, you know, the jumpers and mechanical bulls and stuff. Well, prior to the pandemic, we had a bunch of shows set up. Those, you know, went away. And all of a sudden I got a call and said, Hey, you know, we have the same contract, blah, blah, blah. You're a contractor, you know, with the city. Can you do seven shows in a month and a half? OK, <laughs> <let's do that. laughs> so starting July 15th on the July 17th till the end of August, I have a show every Saturday and then you throw in every other Thursday, roughly to do shows for Gordon Beers. So now I'm looking at, you know, starting Thursday of just like full fledged promoting and talent and ring rent, not ring rentals, but ring because I own my own stuff. So set up the ring, tear down the ring. And then yeah. guess what? On Saturday. Tear down the ring, set up the ring, and yeah. and like I told my guys, you know uh, while we were down is when we come back up, we got to be ready to hit the ground running you know we we, we can't you know we can 't try to dust off the rust out of nowhere, so we've been uh, we've been training for a minute here in San Jose, um, and then yesterday, like I was telling you guys prior, we did our first ring set up in sixteen months just to see what happened to the ring. Did the wood yeah. expand? Did the wood break? Did the metal? I mean, because oh, it was stored away in our trailer. You know, I have, my, I, I have my own stuff. So I had it parked in front of my house this whole entire time. And luckily only – well, if you guys ever built the ring, you know, you'd understand that the boards Many fit perfectly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the boards <laughs> fit perfectly in February 2020. <laughs> yep. When I set it up yesterday, yeah. it didn't fit. Somehow, one board – did not fit no more in the ring. We don't know what happened. Huh. So we don't know if the boards expanded with the heat or something. So we had to get a saw and zoot, cut the board in half, and now it fits again. And I am sure that once we get back to normal, we're going to have to get another board because it's eventually going to fit. And, you know, you got to buy tape and boards and the turnbuckles ripped. And all that, everything's good and just everything. And, you know, and yeah. we did it. And now we're good. And then we had to tear it down. And now we got to clean the trailer up because after a show and you're there all day, there's mm-hmm. garbage in that trailer. You don't, you know, just want to come on, let's go, let's go. I'm tired, let's go, let's go. She figured, hey, we have a show in two weeks after that. We'll clean it up then. 16 months later, mm-hmm. the garbage is still there. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. you know, we're ready to go and I'm um, excited, you know, uh, to have our talent um, who stayed with me during the pandemic. Our academy did not shut down. We had online classes the entire time. Um, obviously, we couldn't train in the ring. And a lot of my guys were like, well, how are you going to train? We don't have a ring. But I, I guarantee you um, they were trained. We, uh, we worked obviously on promos. What better way to do promos than when you're on a camera or, mm-hmm. or microphone like we are doing now? But promos, psychology of a wrestling match. You know, why are you doing the moves and where do they belong and what's the spots for it? and Show them great matches and showing them bad matches. You can learn equally from both. But, yeah. but separate from wrestling, I was teaching them marketing. How to market yourself as a wrestler, social media wise. You know, how to do your own taxes as an independent contractor how do you know how to license yourself how to do a trademark um, I actually would bring, uh, food and nutrition talent to come on and show them, you know, good eating habits, you know, how to maintain their weight, how to track weight, what they should eat, you know, all those things. Then I brought someone who helped them directly with their taxes. Then i would bring somebody on to actually show them, um, social media marketing experts, you know, that I've had friendships over time that they came in and look, if you're going to do, uh, your Facebook or your Instagram, this is how you separate them. That's how you connect them. This is how you get followers. I I I I I'd give them classes on how to do videos, you know, both portrait and horizontal, why one's meant to the other, how to use a phone and not give me low quality. So when you give a promoter something, you give them great quality. Yes. I, as a promoter, can't tell you how many times I get like <laughs> these animated gifts. you know what I mean, for like, I'll see you next Friday. I'm like, I can't use this, you know, it's like yeah. if I was on AOL, maybe, but I can't do this now, you know what I no. mean, right? Yeah. Like, So, you know, I I did as much as I could, you know, and then here in Santa Clara County, where I'm at in San Jose, California, we um, had little glitches of openings. So I'd give them open gym one person at a time only just to get their cardio up. And then little by little, I had them getting tested weekly. So we got tested weekly, and even though we were negative, I'd pair them up only two at a time. And then after a month of that, then two more at a time, but now we're going to add an extra person watching. We had a cl- we had class with everyone training, all negative COVID tested, all temperature checked for like three weeks, and then come September, shut down again. And that's when we really thought, you know what, we're not coming out of this. It's over. You know what I mean? It's over. Yeah, there was a lot of. It, it was just too much. Yeah. We pretty much told ourselves this is it, and that was probably a bit more darker than shutting down in February because in February is a lot of question marks, but yeah. come September. It's like, okay, we've been through all it all. We get it, you know, and it goes up, it goes down. We wear masks, we do this. We're, there's no winning, you know. We just say, you know what, I think this might be it. And my lease was up pretty soon, so I I, I had to decide. Do I re-sign the lease? And, and, and they don't want just a one-year lease. They want a five-year lease. You know, how, why would I do that? And we thought there was no ending. And uh, without getting political, then you have, you know, the buffoon that we had, you know, uh, running the country that made it <laughs> difficult to overall even see, you know, uh, yeah. no, a, I, a glimmer of hope,
4: light at the That's, end of the tunnel. I totally get it. I I uh, can tell you from personal experience that a lot of gym owners and school owners made the opposite decision to uh, the, from you. So. You know, huge deal for you to do that. That all the evidence at that point, especially like you said, that darker point just really made people afraid to, to take that risk. So yep. I mean, thank you for doing that because I, I say it all the time on Twitter. Schools are important and uh, good schools <laughs> are even more important. So.
3: Well, we try hard. I mean, uh, for example, we've had Lady Apache, you know, um, yeah, absolutely <laughs> stable to Lucha community. She was our trainer, um, got almost seven months, and she was only going home in February after our show. She was only going home to chicken with the family, you know, kids. I mean, she's a mother, you know, she's a grandmother, you know, she was taking care of all kinds of stuff, and she was going to come back a month later, right? Mm-hmm. And then she was yeah. living, you know, with my wife and I here, and she was, it was great, you know. I mean, for me, waking up and then getting a talk shop with Lady Apache, come on. Right. You know? Yeah. It's like she, she's been wrestling since she was 14 years old. 14. You know, so it's like, lady, you know, in Japan, Kira Hokutu and, and, and this and Bulacano and, you know, uh, Gran Apache, all of these things, right? And it, I learned so much and the students were learning fabulous. And prior to Lady Apache, my guys, my my, my students were training with Skyde. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So then they had Skyde for almost a year and a half. So, you know, Lucha was, it's, it's, it's a passion. It, it's it's a lifestyle, and it, it, it was great. It, it couldn't get no better, you know. Sky, that was living here and learning from him and talking to him, Lucha and talking Lucha and why and no, why not this and why did this work? Why didn't it work? And why'd you do it this way? And it was just great. And then you add Lady, and it was awesome. And she'll be back in a month. And we cried when she left. And yeah, well now. <laughs> It's like, hey, how are you on WhatsApp? My new, uh, my new friend, you know, for for Lucha communication. You know what I mean? So, it, it's been great, and uh, I just can't wait to 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 see all my friends again and and be able to do shows and and then have something else to bitch about because you, know, <laughs> Cause
1: that's, that's how you already
4: it you already is. alluded to it. There's always there's always something going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Always so, a little something.
3: You know, <laughs> got to see how that comes out now.
4: So, um what can we look forward to you mentioned you've got dates but do you have any like um big big, big excitement <laughs> uh anything you want to push i mean you know well, I mean, we're, we're going back
3: to normal uh in, in that sense my first show that i consider like my show that i'm not doing it for somebody else or their expectations uh my first full show with with that i you know I'm booking stuff is september 25th um in San Jose and we're bringing in LA park and his son, but I'm bringing back uh, in de Jalisco jr. And, uh, I, you know, I, 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 remember my dad taking me to Guadalajara as a kid and having him come out and, you know, you hear Guadalajara, Guadalajara. And he's like, Oh my God, you know, the song and the mask and the charro outfit. So I, I, I brought him in, not just because it brought back memories of me and my dad, but I want to do it for my, for my dad as well. He was a huge supporter during the pandemic for me, you know, on masks. My dad would go like to a grocery store or something and they'd see his mask and he goes, My son makes them. My son makes them. You guys want it? You guys want one? <laughs> and then my dad would come to the house and go, Hey, this lady wanted to buy this mask. He'd give me the money. I'd give him the mask and he'd run back to the store and go, Look, look, my son made it, my son. I mean, come on. You know what it's I mean? So that's cool. that's awesome. That's so cool. It's my so dad cool. would go everywhere and promote my, his son making these masks and, hijo, 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 los hace. Ira, ira, ira. My, my, no, my, 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 son, my son. And, you know, I, I that's, that, you know, that's awesome. To, you know, it's it's hard enough in this industry that you don't get support from friends and family, but here I have my dad screaming with a face cover on. You know that you <laughs> must have because my son makes them. And uh, matter of fact, my daughter went to his house not too long ago after everyone was vaccinated and so on. And she texts she goes, Dad, uh, Grandpa has 44 of your masks in his bedroom. I go, 44? She goes, yeah, I counted them. She sent me a picture, right? <laughs> so I'll have to send my dad an invoice pretty soon because that's a lot I was going to say, of- it, it,
2: it, it sounds like you were surprised because it wasn't supposed to have I, them. Had no, <laughs> just, <laughs> like, I,
3: I give him one here and there, but I guess over time they add it up. and go, here, Dad. He goes, oh, Miko, you, you have a new one? Yeah, yeah, here. And I give him one. But never did I think he'd end up with 44 of them, you know? I mean, jeez. Family. (laughs) Right, family, right? And, of course, you know, I'm your son, Miko. You, Miko, you know, you you don't charge your father. (laughs) Okay, Dad, I'll pay the talent in my pocket. No problem. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) You know, and then after September, we have in October... um, in October, we're going back to San Francisco where I've been doing shows with John O'Connell High School for like, I don't know, 10, uh, God, 10 years now, whatever. They're all fundraisers. Um, so I have Ultima Dragon confirmed for that. I have two, mm, without giving any names, I have two ROH Lucha talented wrestlers from ROH that need them to get confirmation from ROH so I can have them. And then in November, I have Psycho Clown and I have Psychosis and, you know, so I'm bringing them back to Santa Rosa in November. So those sort of are my three dates that I have that I say that are mine that I promote <laughs> and bring talent in. But I also have the shows, like I mentioned before, you know, with with the city of San Jose and Gordon Bierch. I have a show coming up also in September with the San Jose Earthquakes of MLS. Oh, cool. You know, and uh, oh, yeah. we're trying to pick up where we left off. You know, prior to the pandemic in February, we had close to 50 shows, you know, Perfect. set up for 2020. Um, that 's why we were so excited we had so much going on, yeah. but I feel that uh, um, you know staying relevant was huge, you know yeah. staying relevant in, in everyone 's eyes, whether it be with face covers or I was posting matches you know weekly and just trying to stay relevant and it 's almost like i didn 't want people to forget about me so i don 't know if I was doing that for fans or if I was doing it for myself, you know what I mean I just did not want to be forgotten, I was terrified. Yeah. I was terrified that people were going to just say, you know, who cares about wrestling, you know. And at first, I was very anti seeing AEW and WWE wrestling. I I don't know if I was angry or if I was jealous. I just got to be flat out honest. I've never admitted this to anybody, but I think now is the time. I didn't know if I would be jealous or angry. I didn't know if I was angry because they were doing it and I couldn't. I didn't know if it was a money situation. I don't know how they were getting away with it. Or do they just have balls and I didn't? They were just gonna say, you know, caution to the win, right? Let's just just fricking do it and see what happens. And I just didn't understand, and I was very frustrated and angry. I was very, very adamant. I was, I, I helped Popo Esco and his uh, podcast here with Lucha Central, and every time they brought that up, I was so anti against it because I didn't know, I, I don't know what I was feeling. It was completely new, and maybe it was jealousy, or maybe it was just anger. I don't know what it was, but if it wasn't for them doing shows. Again, I think wrestling would have took a huger hit that with it's them true. wrestling than not true. wrestling. And Lovely. if you go and imagine them not being on television, there's I mean the network's great and all and YouTube I, I get it, but nothing's ever going to be watching current talent wrestling and, and and what's current in front of you. And I think they they hold a big reason why that wrestling is going to hit the ground running as well. Now I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's look AEW just did a show with with fans and it sold out. You know what I mean almost like nothing ever happened, right? And that's what's scary. Were fans going to return? You know who was going to return? Were they not going to return? Face covers, no face covers. Because at one point in time, guys, as, as a promoter, I was being told I could do a show. You know, but face covers and six feet social distancing and social
4: distancing yeah how yeah. do you do yeah. an event with social distancing well, a lot of people didn't i mean right? is, you yeah. know
2: it's it's hard it absolutely yeah. was and i think it's a very fair assessment in general when it comes to independent wrestling i think that's a common feeling um of you know whether it's you feel jealousy or or anger or you know uh the sense of You know, it's it's hard to explain, but it's a very human emotion, very human thought. Um, and it, it was challenging because of course they have the resources, the means to do those things. Whereas other independent promotions just don't have that kind of capacity. But, right. you know, that was the lifeblood, life, live events is the lifeblood, uh, yeah. of independent wrestling. And as much as promotions could pivot into other uh, opportunities and events, whether they did streamed events, closed door events, right. you know, right. sp- whatever it was, um, at, at the end of the day, you know there's there is a life cycle to it but um especially talking about how much safety is important to your school and to your yes. live events and to your family I mean yeah. at the end of the day it it's that seems to win overall you know the safety of everyone involved and hopefully that brought some peace of mind of you know you were doing everything else in the means that you could while also keeping everyone safe until, you know, a certain <laughs> threshold could happen and then, then you could, mm-hmm. you know, get into that next level.
3: I actually felt like I was a holiday in a uh, commercial where I was a COVID-19 doctor all of a sudden because like I was consistently having to read up on do's and don'ts and, yes. and what can be done and what can't be done and testing and, and what's that window of testing into three days? Is it four days? And, you know, it was just a nonstop thing. And I had to consistently educate my students and my family and so on. And and even now, like our academy, um, in order to train our academy, whether a current student or, or, or brand new or coming back, you have to be fully vaccinated. You know what I mean? And I know I've lost some students from that and I've been able not to gain some new ones because of it. But for a, for a, a peace of mind, you know, for the time being, it's well worth it. You know what I mean? If I lose three students because of that, then I lose three students because of that. I, I just don't want to come home, you know, get a cold. I got a cold two weeks ago and like the whole, the world stopped around me. <gasps> you have a cold. And I was like, yeah, but I'm vaccinated. Relax, you know, and it, 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 relax relax and every day I was like hey you okay boss you okay oh my god i have a cold stop you know like hey, your mom calls me oh you okay yeah <laughs> are you okay you know what i mean and so it's weird because dur- during the pandemic ah oh, the vac, the, 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 it's fake it's not going to happen and then eventually oh it never happened to me but now we're vaccinated oh you have a cold well which is it you know what i mean like which side of the fence are you on you know what i mean so Uh, Doing shows moving forward. Um, At first, like you guys mentioned, social distancing was a thing, so I just didn't want to do a show. So I started looking for outdoor venues, you know, doing events on football fields and and stuff like that. But I just didn't feel like that was me. I didn't feel comfortable, you know. uh, I like having fog. Anyone that knows me, I am that fog whore. I love to just hit the button on the fog. And I'll hear my guys like Paul and Brandon
1: stop. Stop fogging the fucking <laughs> building! You know I'm like, sorry, <laughs>
3: sorry.
4: <laughs> you need to work with uh with Defy. They they love their fog up here too. Yes, Matt. Yeah. Yes, yes <laughs> I was gonna say that's man.
2: why you <laughs> can do shows in San Francisco. You just,
3: right? Yeah. You, know, yeah. you don't even <laughs> need the The fog comes in, right? Yeah. Yes. And you know, so like, I I just wanted to do that, and then I remember sitting, uh waiting for the announcement um for our governor to say that we were going to be open. And he opened, right? And so then I went to all my venues that I have to rent. And I literally was refreshing the website for a half hour, you know, refresh, refresh, nothing. Following a a Monday morning, oh, actually a Sunday evening, I refreshed and the dates were available. And I panicked. I didn't know what date to pick, what's right, what's wrong. Should I do it? do I not do it? Is there talent available? Is there not? A, oh, my God, what do I do? And I'm screaming for my wife, Shannon, Shannon, what do we do? Which date do we get? So I think you already had a date. I don't know if that's the right one. You know, I was just and was like, I better get a date before you lose it. You're not the only one that's going to be refreshing the website. So I booked it and I paid them. And I already had, I, I totally forgot that I already had deposits made for venues that I did in, a year ago that I forgot I even paid them. And they're like, well. We just added your last deposit to the one you had in 2020, and so you wanted to add it on top. I'm like, yeah, just put it on top. And then, lo, lo and behold, um, you know, the 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 nervousness starts to go away little by little. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's almost like you, it's almost like you were married, divorced, and you have to go dating again. You know what I mean? It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, or
1: <We're> looking
3: <laughs> for a new house. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, hey, do they still talk that way, or do you still uh, ask? You know, like, I still you know, you're just terrified. You're terrified, like, hey, you know, and and it's scary, you know, and it's you get those gears in your stomach going, man, it should 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 I do this? Should I not do it? And but the only way that we're gonna uh, uh, turn the corner is by by leadership and education, and I I think that's that's my goal to try to keep uh, mental health up with my students and my family, um, Lucha community, uh, with the people I work with, um, try to do positive, try and bring events. As long as there's safety and follow regulations, I think that's all I can do as a promoter and as a human being, and you know leave my uh leave the business better than when you found it you know yeah. is the the whole idea so that's what I'm trying to do and I already have things going on for twenty twenty one you know i twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three like my mind is i'm never I'm never satisfied you know what i mean um I currently have plans for next year to do our first shows in Japan. Um, oh, that wow. Was, wow. was supposed to happen in 2020 and it didn't happen. Obviously, this year, it's not going to happen, the Olympics right. and so on. So knock on wood, the plan is to do, you know, uh, the following year to do um stuff in Japan um, to return to Dragomania in Mexico. That's another um, uh, milestone that I want to, we, we were doing on a regular basis. Obviously, I stopped. So I'm trying to pick up where we left off, but doing Japan is a huge bucket list for me. Um. I've always been a fan of Lucha. Lucha has always been, you know, something with me, with my father, you know, being born in Guadalajara, Jalisco. And that's the culture I grew up on and, and living in the States, my parents being immigrants, you know, taking me to the NWA in San Jose, which was run by Roy Shires. And they once in a while would bring in talent from the Americas, from Carl Lawler in Los Angeles. So I grew up on, on Chavo Guerrero, on Mando Guerrero, Hector Guerrero, Mil Mascaras. Dos Caras, you know, I mean, all that, you know, I mean, I grew up on that. And I still had my favorites, like a Piper and the Chavo and Piper feud of of that era. Um, But I also got to uh, see my dad get chased around the arena by Pampero Firpo. (laughs) And uh, Pampero Firpo, if you guys aren't familiar with him, he used to come out kind of like a bruiser Brody. And he would like file his teeth with a nail file. And he was just like the savage and then my dad we always scream, Hijo de Puta, Hijo de Puta. And uh, <laughs> look at my dad's side and like he knew my he he knew my dad was his mark, right? So every other Wednesday, hijo de puta, hijo de puta, and my dad got ballsier and ballsier. And so for some reason my dad actually must have got overtime and we got front row this time instead of being in the back of the seats. And here comes uh, uh here comes uh vampiro fear and he goes, Hijo de puta, and he got in my dad's face, and I think my dad got Startled and he kind of <laughs> dumped his soda on him. Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> Jumped the guardrail and chased my dad into the snack shack. And so they're 20 from Fearful, and now I'm like, oh my God, my dad's going to die. You know? going <laughs> to kill my dad. My dad. <laughs> 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 who's going to tell mom that dad got shut <laughs> up <like>, by <terrible laughs> You know what I mean? And that was like, oh my goodness. So I had my favorites, but nothing ever gave me that feeling of seeing the the the, the capes the the glitter the masks yeah, yeah, all you know it's, um it's, that it's, to me was just something different you know as a superhero yeah. you know and uh i even got to do stuff like with under the giant you know uh, bless his soul he would come out on the baby face steps and watch the matches and i was like holy shit And my dad goes go 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 over there so you go over there and you know once in a while the a handler would tell you to get away, but this time there was no one saying anything. And there was a kid in front of me who put his hand in his hand, you know, and, and he could tell, you know, oh wow, right? So I did the same thing, and then I was look, I, I, I was trying to like palm my hand on his hair because it was like an afro, right? Like I never had seen <laughs> something like that. And he told me to hold it, like he goes, grab it, you know. And I'm like, what? So I grabbed it, and he and I held on, and he pulled me up with his hair. It's so <laughs> cool, you know? i'm like holy shit not- <laughs> this is unreal this is the guy you know and I went back and like, yeah, what happened i'm like i you know he pulled me up and yeah i'm just gonna sit down now you know? It's like, <laughs>
1: you
3: know so as a five six six five six seven year old that's what i grew up with with my father yeah, you know and nothing great. and nothing changed because my dad was always cheering for Chavo Guerrero when he would feud with Piper, right? That, that's a given. We all feuded, you know, we all love that and Dr. X and all that stuff. Yeah. But when 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 Mascaras would come in and he it was just something different. It just was a different reaction from my parents, from my family, it was my culture. Um I grew up in an era where and obviously we still do now, where like you You didn't know how to react to your own culture, right? You don't know whether it's okay to clap or not, and that's sad to say, but that's what was in front of me. And uh, when I finally got the opportunity to do lucha, that's one of the guys I had to bring in from again from my dad. And it was crazy, you know, uh, a hero for many years. Now you got to be in the car with him and talk to him, and it's like you come full circle on this business sometimes, and. You know, sometimes you don't want to meet your heroes because you don't want to look at them as associates anymore. You want to look at them as heroes, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's, I, this is my 25th year in the industry. Um, I've touched both Lucha and American, but Lucha for me is, is something that's in my heart. It's something that, you know, goes back on my parents and, and I get to share it with with my kids and my eldest daughter at one point was a referee for me. Now my my yes. youngest daughter now does not want to do with the business as far as wrestling wise. She wants to do merchandising. She wants to sell stuff. Oh, that and, uh, yeah, cool. that's what she wants Very, to do. You,
4: you've she, hit on both of my areas here. Right, she so. critiques my daughters.
3: <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a Marcon graphic designer and stuff. And she'll walk in my room in my office. She'll go, Dad, what are you working on? All oh, the poster for so and so date. She was, yeah. See, I don't like that guy right there because. <laughs> See how the color blends, Dad. Yeah, you need a little bit more <laughs> contrast and pop. So, and I looked at her and I was like, "Okay, sweetheart. I, I, no, no, Dad. I'm serious. I want you to see. I want. I want, I want to see you do it in front of me."
2: Oh, <sighs> So she's not even taking you. No, all the no, way no, Later, yeah. as those in like, yeah, <laughs>
3: she wants to do it in front. You know, so I I, I, I can't beat that. You know, I I can't That's beat weird. it. You know, I, I I get to live wrestling. I get to be you know something. I get to share with the family, and I get to be part of the luchas community. That to me it's second to none
4: how do you help get that Lucha like the cultural feeling of Lucha over to fans on the like the sponsored shows you do and fans that might not be Lucha savvy like yeah <laughs> that's
3: hard it, because, <laughs> that's why we're
2: asking you like, that's yeah.
3: I, I was thinking Dusty was to tell me the answer I'm like Dusty, tell me how the <laughs>
4: I, I wish
1: I knew. <laughs> right,
3: you too. You know, which uh, I, I was. I was having this talk with my kids yesterday. And after we set up, the first thing when someone sees a ring set up, they always go, "Is there going to be boxing?" Like that's the first thing <laughs> oh, wait. They say, hey, boxing going to be who's fighting? And it's like, no, we're doing wrestling. Oh, that fake shit! I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> oh, okay. and then they, yeah. It, oh. it, but the, the thing is, um, you're never going to be able to educate someone. In a flash period, you know, I mean, uh, I can't educate someone in 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 a spot show for the city and so on, but what I can do is I can pull on their strings of emotion. Um, I can pull on their strings as far as like what we do, who to cheer for, how to cheer for them. For example, like uh, the Border Patrol, um, I actually have a tag team. It's no secret that I have a tag team called the Border Patrol Amiga. It's trademarked. It's copyrighted. It's mine. I own it. I didn't invent it, but I perfected it and. And be surprised that when the Border Patrol Patrol comes out, you always have these, like, split cheering and booing because people don't know how to handle it, right? But towards (laughs) the end, they're all being booed and hated. But guess what? Show's over. Little line for merchandise for the Border Patrol to give them a picture because they understand it's over the top. And the thing is, with our culture in Mexico, we – to my feeling, how I deal with our culture is – they're okay going over the top because they understand what we're doing. Yeah.
4: It's all right. part of the show.
3: Uh, you know, yeah. It's like, you know, Nikolai Volkov, Iron Sheik during, I mean, WWE did some crazy things at some
4: really
1: <laughs> times.
3: There, there's some war going on and Sergeant Slaughter became heel. And, it, you know, then you had Nikolai Volkov and Iron Sheik during the Cold War. They they yeah. went to a deep. I did, you know, the Border Patrol tongue in cheek. You know what <laughs> I mean? Um, I had echo the Trump, you know, LA night. He was, he was my champion as el Hijo de Trump. <laughs> trust me. When I did that, um, people were like, are you out of your, I know David Marquez called me and he goes, are you effing kidding me? I was like, I know. I go, Don't you love it? He goes, no. I go, that's the reaction I want. That's what I want. And he'd come out and he'd study, you know, the, the mannerisms of Trump. And trust me, you, he could wrestle the broom and they'd be like, Come on, yeah. bro. You know what I
4: mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he that's, worked a, a couple shows up in this area with that gimmick. It was amazing. That's, that's what it was supposed to be.
3: Um, but when you do a quick show, it's rough. It's rough. So my best way to educate him on that is I, I have, uh, the very infamous, popular, uh, uh, stadium horns, which are very common in Lucha shows. <laughs> yeah. I, I love, everybody seems to hate. So, when they hear a horn, uh, I know they may not right away think of lucha, but they may think soccer. They may think mm-hmm. international. So I try to do little bits. I have, you know, uh, little. I have masks. You know, the 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 five dollar, ten dollar masks that you sell at shows, and yeah. I give them away to some of the kids so they can put it on and run around with their parents and stuff. Yeah. And, I tr- and so when they go home, I want them to at least have a little piece. And maybe they'll do their part to look it up because, I mean, the kids wearing the mask and they're going to ask. And I've had many parents ask, well, who is that guy? You know, oh, that would be Blue Demon Junior. Oh, that's Dos Caras. That's whomever. Right. And that's my part for them. But to educate someone at a quick show, it's difficult. You know, it's it's something that, you know, how do you how do you uh, bottle a culture of, you know, hundreds of years, you know, in, in half an hour? It's impossible, but all I can do is plant a seed, and hopefully they can nurture it from there.
4: Well, okay, so I'm just going to jump in with, with this one. Um, we were, we we're kind of leaning into it. The uh, You train people uh, specifically in lucha Libre as well as American style, right. but – um, how do you, how do you handle that if someone walks in, uh, they've got expectations, they have, you know, so up here we had, uh, at least a couple wrestlers who had never seen the American product, but had always seen Lucha Libre.
1: Uh-huh.
4: Um, uh, do you, do you handle that differently? Like when you're doing TV and promo classes, do you, do you handle like, this is how they do, they, they handle this in Mexico, or do you just, <laughs> you know? Well, the thing is,
3: Mexico, uh, in my opinion, Mexico has lost its edge in a sense that Mexico only is becoming to copy what we do here in the states. Sadly, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So if you consider Triple A, Triple A mocks um, WWE, you know to to a T. Hence, where Triple Mania came from and all the gimmicks and the way they handle stuff, right? CML has stayed classic, you know what I mean? But then that's mm-hmm. that's everyone. Says that's their hinder, and they don't want to grow. They don't. They only have the Alzheimer's and so on. So it, it's kind of hard to tell them how you did stuff, you know, here and there. So for me, what I try to do is I try to to blur lines and, and combine the best of both worlds. You know, a promo, a good promo is still a good promo in English or in Spanish. You know, you have to have the, the fundamentals. You have to have the storytelling. You have to have the, the levels of voice and tones and ups and downs and when to scream, when not to scream, when to be angry. So if you can just do a good promo, whether it's English and Spanish, it still has to be done correctly in order to, for it to make sense. You know what I mean? So you have that. Um, but you do get a lot of people who come into our doors who don't know what lucha is and, oh, I want to be American and so on. But then you ask them who their favorite wrestlers are and some of them, Say Andrade or you know some of the lucha guys in WWE, and I'm like, well, what do you think that guy is? You know, where do you think that guy came from? Um, so it's it's a lot of education. You know, back to your question, Dusty, that's when I do have to educate people that do come in through our doors, and you know how our business has evolved completely. You know how someone like Dragon Lee, you know, is is carrying that that lucha flag per se in ROH in New Japan and so on and and that's something that i i, I like to teach him on explain to him because a lot of people have this nuance about lucha just being you know a bunch of people flying around the ropes and no psychology and stuff and that's the furthest thing from the truth if you actually watch lucha and you understand lucha the 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 shoot the shoot aspect and the grappling the rasedona that goes with lucha libre is there um Just because your only your only exposure to it, well, it might have been WCW and so on, where you only have eight minutes to showcase something, so they showcase what's you know the jumping on the ropes and so on. But if you learn lucha and you know lucha and you mm. watch someone like a Negro Navarro, come on, yes. you know if you ever watch a uh, Negro Navarro and Zack Saber, watch that match. Watch Negro Navarro, which is Zack Saber, and that's going to show you what what the blend of lucha wrestling is because Zack Saber is not a luchador, but he's versed in in wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it just shows you what 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 it is. So it just depends what people what open mind they have to our sport, especially to lucha libre. And you know, people do have that 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 idea of that we're only one certain style, but if they have the patience and they really want to learn, in the end, they'll understand that it's just not one aspect. There's many aspects to what we do in Lucha, and it's my job to make sure I have the right trainers to educate
4: them in that aspect. That's great. Um, <laughs> I just got thrown under the bus. I was <laughs> told that, that it's one of the questions I'd written down, and I <laughs> – um, okay, okay. So, so we're on we're on the subject of wrestling schools, and we're talking about what 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 you do and how you educate. So, uh, I'm going to go with a more broad question here. So, because I, uh, as I mentioned, this is a thing I support. Though, a student is looking for a good school. What what should they be looking for, and what can they expect when they walk in the front door? Like well, I mean, as far as a, a training
3: school, I mean. Uh, I think the most important thing, you know, that people overlook is you didn't go to a school that actually has an insurance policy.
4: <laughs> that's a very strong Ooh, point, actually, yeah. because I, I, that's,
3: you sure know,
2: when nothing, no, no students or incoming students think about.
3: Yeah, yeah. and and people always like I, I've I've seen tons of wrestlers who who were on the indie scene and and make it to a higher level. Um, which is unheard of anymore, right? Because every, you know, all the higher tier names like WWE, they they're creating their own talent who who are track and field all stars and and bodybuilders and so on who've never worked at any day in their life. So they don't know what it is to put up a ring and stuff. I'm not saying that they don't value or they they need to be where they be at, but they don't understand how to mm-hmm. how to live out of your car and and pay those dues and all that stuff, right? Well, for a school, you they always say, well, find out who their trainer is and who have they trained and stuff. You know, that's fine, but what about an insurance policy in case somebody gets hurt and breaks her leg or a pinky or a toenail or something? Who's going to cover them then? Right. Um, right. At our academy, we have an insurance policy. Anyone that comes in, you know, you, God forbid anything happen, You know, Miranda comes in, she does a flying arm drag and she springs her ankle and she has to go to Kaiser or she has to go somewhere. Yeah. And, and, well, let's say she can't go anywhere because she doesn't have insurance. And which is not very uncommon. It's very, 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 very common that you don't have your own insurance. Well, I'm not telling you that I'm Kaiser. I'm not telling you I'm an HMO. But what I am telling you is Miranda went to ER. They charged her 500 bucks for x-rays, uh, a two ibuprofen, a pat in the back, and she went home, right? Yeah. And so she ices her leg down, right? Thumbs up. Miranda's good to go. But now she has a bill of 500 bucks. right? Well, Miranda, you give us your your, your your invoice. I gave it to my insurance company. They verify that where you went, it's legitimate, it's real, and it's paid for. Yeah.
4: And, and I mean, it, it does happen. Like it, my, well, it does happen. My very first class, I had to draw to, to leave because I wound up landing on my shoulder on a forward roll. Like, that's just a thing, right? Um,
3: more push-ups. You got to do more push-ups. You
4: got to get more
1: push <laughs> 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 <raining>. see? <laughs>
4: <laughs> but you, it's still going to happen. It's still you're oh, still going to have push-ups. somebody who didn't do enough push-ups, or didn't, you know, or they didn't respect the mat enough and thought they could just throw themselves at it and everything would work out fine, or whatever. Yeah. But um, it happens. It does happen. Okay. And I'm not trying to I, I'm not trying to blame the students here. I, I just gave no. it a terrible example. But but it, <laughs> it is a contact sport. It's yeah, a context sport. it's like
3: playing you know football. And if, uh, you know, any kind of contact sport from little league all the way to high school to college, you're going to get hurt. I mean, you're hitting yourselves and you're throwing yourself to a mat and you're tackling, you're bumping. You're going to get hurt. Now, what that level is, you know, it just comes down to, you know, being safe, being taught correctly. But there is tons of possibility that's going to happen. It, it does happen all the time. But it gets swept under the rug with, like, oh, you know, walk it off and stuff like that. I get it. I'm not saying that we're the best ever, but. I am not willing to risk um, my livelihood, my daughter, their college, any of that because i wasn 't prepared as a business, and that 's where I consider myself treating wrestling i 'm not treating it like I was broken in by Roland Alexander, he was broken in you know by Roy Shires and so on, and Roland also has his own stigma to him but i don 't want to treat wrestling like if it was in the seventies anymore. But some of the elements of respect from the 70s, I still hold true with what we do. But I also want to treat what I do as a business. I'm an actual LLC. I pay taxes. I have insurance for my events. I know tons of companies who run events with you know no insurance. Ah, that's going to happen. But the thing is this. It's like car insurance. Everything great when nothing happens. But the moment it does, that's when your mind starts just unwinding going, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Oh my God. And for me, it's just a peace of mind. So, God forbid anything ever happen, knock on wood. Right. It can happen and it will happen. But it's that safety precaution. So, every student that walks in my door, I tell them, you know, it could it happen? Absolutely. But if it happens, like I explained to Miranda, this is what's going to happen. It's how we take care of it. And that's something a lot of people will go, oh, really? We didn't even think of that. Or yep. no I guess lie. that's doable. And that's one thing that I hang my hat on that. Whether you're with me for a month or some of the guys are with me now five, six years, that if it does happen, we're going to cover it. And that's why we get the insurance. That's what it's for. I,
4: I think that's valuable advice for anybody looking for any wrestling school. Those guys mm-hmm. on the East Coast that have a million schools to choose from, look for – don't look at the instructors first. Look at the insured ones. Then look at the instructors, mm-hmm. right?
3: I also it's, recommend that look for a location actually is a business. Um, the reason I say that is because if you're a business, then you have different settings for your facility. Mm-hmm. So if you run out of facility and you're not a business, that means that the guy that you rent that facility from he can close shop tomorrow, and then when you show yeah. up to cross Miranda, you knock on that door and the door's locked. That's it. Why and you've already because
2: paid? You know you've already paid your, exactly, the, and they're gone. Took your money and ran. Yeah, yeah,
3: very. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, you know. Who are you going to chase down for your, for your hundred bucks or two hundred bucks, uh, to get back because the doors are closed? So if you work for a school or you're looking for a school and they're actually in an LLC, that means they're actually odds are, are in a building that also has structure and they're not going to run away either. You know what I mean? So, um, the building I'm at now, we're going on 15 years. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. going, I, I don't, I just signed a new five year lease. I'm not going anywhere. You know, so I need to make sure that I let every student know that, when you come back to class, the door's not going to be locked. You're not going to be able to, you know, to, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't, you know, just put everything in their trailer and run away. No, I, this is what I do, and this is what we train, and these are my trainers, and I, I may change a trainer from time to time, but I'm an I'm an LLC, I'm a company. I the the, the structure I'm at is just not a, a empty warehouse. No, there's other businesses around me that we're here to make, you know, make a living off this, right, as best as possible. So once you have, you know, an insured, you know, training school and you have someone that's a company, then you can start looking at the other stuff. I recommend to look at your trainers. If the guy has only been training, you know, if the guy is on the same shows that you're going to be on, he should not be your trainer because he, he has other fish to fry. He's not there to make you better than him. You want someone who wants to make you better than what he was because he has no skin in the game on the show. He doesn't, you know, he's not looking to take your booking from you. You want someone to educate you from day one to the end but not collide with you, you know what I mean? And there's Absolutely. nothing wrong with assistant trainers to help out with beginners and so on because that's very common, you know, the fundamentals, the forward rolls and quarter rolls and, you know, back bumps, of school boys and stuff like that. But when it goes deeper to more advanced stuff, you know what I mean? It's like it, it, consider a player manager in baseball or, you know, it's, it's I think it's the only common play I've ever seen a player manager well, what if Pete Rose? You know, what if you're a first or a first baseman, Dusty or, or or Miranda, and Pete Rose plays first base? Are you feeling comfortable with him? You know, <laughs> as your manager? Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like All you're right. you're going to think in your head. Well, what are the odds of me playing today? Because you know it, it's one of those things. You know, so in, in wrestling, you know, it, it's too many egos. You know, there's too many. You know, uh, backdoor stuff. I would rather have trainers who are going to, who their first criteria is to train, that's and secondary, right. secondary if anything is to wrestle. You know, what I mean that's the most important thing. And then also, uh, what other guest instructors do they bring in to show you outside of the world, outside of of small things? Because it's always good to learn from others. Whether it be, uh, we just had a, a Dragon Lee seminar, that's unheard of. Yes. Dragon Lee had never done a seminar in his life, and he he, he approached me because you think I can do one. I was like, oh, we're gonna find out, right? And I, <laughs> we we did it, and he showed up, and he told me, he goes, brother, he's a thank you. I've I've always wanted to. I just didn't think anyone would be into it. And uh, we we had a four hour seminar, and he was telling telling us stories that you know, I, which I was aware because we talked. But he was telling people how before he ever got into a ring, he had to do boxing, uh, Olympic style wrestling, Greco Roman, you know, Greco Roman, sorry. Before he can even train in a wrestling ring, those were the measures that he had to do and accomplish before his father said, okay, now I'm going to train you. Sure. And so people were like, oh, I didn't know that. And so then lo and behold, for the first two hours was just a, a Olympic style Greco-Roman wrestling. And that should be – that to him is common to talent that, that did it were like, oh, wow, that's yeah. cool. Amazing. A wrestling I mean, yeah. move for pro wrestling. Go figure, right? You know how cool is that? I learned a wrestling hold today. What? Right, you know. And so that's the thing is you you gotta be able to have some people come in. And when I say seminars, and it's it's a sore subject, but not not, not a money grab, not yeah. not former or something. And yeah. they and they come in and you talk for an hour and they shake your hand and take a picture and they leave, and you spent like a hundred bucks for something you know mm-hmm. so you have you know you have to make sure that you have good trainers and don't hang your hat they don't have to be someone that you know because there's a lot of wrestlers in this right. world that are great that never got a break they can teach you so much mm-hmm. so you know respectable trainer someone's been doing it for a while um a, a good location a safe environment you know a good ring safe location you know uh and that's it, you know. that they, and the school has to be able to provide you all those things that go with it, you know, the safe environment, the insurance, the trainers, a good ring, you know, a place with a restroom, you know, a place with a law, you know, things that you just don't walk in and then you walk out, or you have to go across the street for a restroom. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. you want to be able, you know, you if they're going to charge you a fee like it's a business, then you should also get that in return as well you know what I mean and that's only me if somebody else is running the school and they think the way they have it is best more power to you you know but for me our world is is coming full turn you know everything's a business everything is, and the world of social media you can't even fart and do it wrong cuz someone's going to go look 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 he farted the wrong way look
1: i have it on, i have it on video you know what, Got it.
3: what are you going to do you know what I mean so it's just one of those things that we just have to keep in mind and and that's how I handle my stuff, and I've had um, I've met with great success. And I know there's tons of other great schools that do great stuff and produce great talent. But for me, those are the safety measures that in the world we live in now are an absolute must.
2: Very, very important. And going back to almost full circle in this conversation, the business relationships and dynamics you've built throughout the Lucha community help support that. I mean, for Dragonly to think no one would ever want to come to a seminar is, right? is, is yeah. insane. It's right? insane. Yeah, I, but the fact that you had the very, you know, how's the very first one and and the quality of that seminar too, is a testament to, you know, the business acumen, the relationships that you've built um, and the importance of putting together a quality product consistently through multiple pathways, through shows, through merchandising and through training.
3: Absolutely. Thank you very much. Cause it, it it does take time to build, you know. I mean, I, I started in 1996 carrying bags and and building yeah. rings and stuff, and so I, I've and I still do it, you know. I I I still pick up talent. I, I I I lead by example. I always tell my kids, lead by example, you know. I mean, I'll, I'll I should be able to put up my own ring because it's my ring, you know. If I don't show you how to do it, and then you know it. it It's not about free labor. It's, you know, it's, I'm out there with them. You know, I was out there with them yesterday. I'll be out there on the 15th. I'm going to be out there with them in the trenches doing what they're doing because otherwise, then I don't want to be that guy in the, you know, in the far distance, you know, with a whip. Come on, guys, work. That's, (laughs) that's, that's not who I am. That's not Uh, who I am.
4: I'm just going to, I'm going to give a little bit of the extra pitch on this too. Uh, Anybody out there that is still having a little bit of trouble financially supporting wrestling, uh, this is a great way to talk to somebody. At the schools, at the shows, say, you know, I mean, set up chairs, uh, sell T-shirts, whatever it is you can do. There's always a job for some, for a volunteer. And I know you don't necessarily want free labor, but at the same time, if somebody's willing to help and that's the only thing they can offer, that is one of the best things you can do to help uh I I show. actually
3: thought Brendan was going to ask me for a booking when he first opened that <laughs> statement.
0: No, no. I was like, oh,
3: here it comes. He's going to ask brother. for a booking. Here we go. No, I was like, Here we go. <laughs> nope. No, Yo, actually, uh, that, that's how I started. You're absolutely right. That's how I started. Um, I went to a show. Earlier on in '96, and I walked into a small building, and I was like, "Whoa, wrestling so close up! This is crazy. This, I love it." And then when I got the opportunity, that's I, I, what I did as well. I said, "Hey, before, you know, before I start training or so on, can I help out?" And there I was uh, driving guys to the airport. You know, which I was like, "This is great." I'm hanging out with Christopher Daniels now. This is awesome, you know. So I'm talking to Christopher Daniels about you know his time in Michinoku Pro, you know, taking him to the hotel and stuff. Now when I see Christopher Daniels, I'm like, hey brother, remember when we used to drive? Yeah, yeah, I remember because that's what I used to do. You know what I mean? I used to pick up the talent, take him to the hotel and the airport, which which people may take for granted. But trust me, when you have a show, there's many times you're like, oh my god, who's gonna pick up the talent? Oh my god. you know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay. yeah, it's like. You know, or someone who's willing this day at the airport for seventeen hours because the, the flights, you know, are and yeah, yeah. flights are delayed. Yeah, flights that's delayed or TSA or whatever, you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I remember Ultimate Dragon. I, I when I first uh, booked him out, he was in TSA for four hours. You know what I mean? It's it just one of those things. You know what I mean? So, you know, uh, setting up chairs, ring crew. You know what I mean? Um, it's all needed. There's always help needed in all aspects. You know, you're never too, you know, you're never too big not to have enough help. You always need enough help. Um, just be honest with promoters. Be honest what you can do. Honest what you're um, hoping for. You know, if you want to set up the ring and you can't afford a ticket, but you say, "Hey man, can I set up chairs? Whatever, um, I can't afford a ticket. Can I help you out?" Odds are, if they say no, then they say no. But possibility they say yes. Next thing you know, you've opened the door for yourself in the sport that you love. Um, I tell it to my kids all the time. You guys invest in t shirts and pay per views and merch and so on. Sometimes it's good to start investing in yourself. You know what I mean? So when you start investing in yourself, that's when you start opening doors for yourself that lead to other pathways that you'll never regret.
2: Very, very true. Well, Gabe, thank you so much for joining us on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, English edition. Before we wrap up, the stage is yours. Anything else you want to plug? If you'd like to let our listeners know where they can find you and Pro Wrestling Revolution on social media, the the stage is yours.
3: Well, first off, I wanted to make sure that Dusty knows that he talked a bit too much during his whole time here. So, (laughs) Dusty – Yeah. So Dusty, next time, calm down. You know what I mean? Will, yeah, I'll Too try. many questions. You know, you didn't let nobody else talk. So,
4: yeah. Okay. Y- you actually covered a no, lot. No no no, 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 <laughs> no. Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah. English, English channels. Yeah, yeah, yes, do more. Um, social media, at PW Revolution across all social media boards, you can follow us there, um, we still have a website, Ooh, www.prowrestling-revolution.com, you can find events, news bits, we were just featured in PBS for the second time this year, you know, stuff like that, you know. You can look at events, our news, our train academy, questions, whatever. Feel free to reach us out there on our social media. Somebody will reach out to you and give you an answer as soon as possible. Um, And if you're still looking to fill out those collector items, www.lucha-mass.com. For all your face-covered needs at this point, depending how – I hope we don't need them no more, and I keep, I'm keep stuck with that inventory. But if you have something you want to pick up, collector's items and so on, now would be the time because they are going to be going away at some point. And besides that, I can't thank you guys for giving me a platform to babble for an hour or so for something that I love <laughs> watching. So I'm thankful for letting you guys let me talk, give me this uh, – the soapbox, and I, I, I'm i thankful for the opportunity. And If you ever guys need me to come on board or to replace Dusty, let me know, and I'll be... I'll be he's
2: already... He's already booking himself in. I mean, I was about... You know, he was gonna, worried
4: I was going to look <laughs> for yeah, him. This, this is what he wants to do. He, uh, right? no, um, I know. I have a whole, whole like other page of questions I haven't asked you yet. So yeah, we're probably going to ask you back real soon.
3: Anytime yeah, I'm here for you guys. I, I love to share my, my thoughts and my, uh, my trials and tribulations with Lucha. And if I can help out or just shoot the shit with you guys, I would love to.
4: Sounds great. That's
2: awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again to Gabriel Ramirez from pro wrestling revolution and Lucha dot mask.com for joining us on the very special interview for the Lucha central weekly podcast, English edition. Yeah. <sighs>